It's 5 p.m. Welcome to the Iowa City uh, work session for tonight, which is May 19th, 2020. And we are still social distancing here at Council and hope everyone is doing the best you can to stay, stay, to stay safe during this time. Miss all of you here at uh, City Hall. I am here tonight, so... <laughs> Um, hopefully we'll be able to come together again in the near future. So with that being said, I did want to maybe just start us off with some COVID-19 updates from our city manager. And he's gonna talk about some potential relief efforts and go into other stuff with us tonight. So Jeff Rowan. Thank you, Mayor. It's good to see uh, everybody. And as the mayor said tonight, uh, we want to talk about uh, recovery efforts. Uh, so at the, your last meeting, we spent quite a bit of time with you uh, covering the city financial outlook. And uh, uh, with that in mind, we want to begin to talk recovery. Uh, we have to know at this point, there's uh, a lot of unknown variables. So uh, we want to keep this discussion at a fairly high level. And what I'm hoping for is at the end of the the work session, I'll walk away with a, a general kind of sense on, on where the council as a majority stands in terms of the uh, level of aggressiveness that you may want to pursue recovery efforts with and, and where those uh, areas of focus, uh, at least where the higher priorities of areas of focus will be. So with that, I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to walk you through about a 12-slide presentation here this, uh, this evening. Okay, um, again, uh, I want to start with just the acknowledgement. Uh, I think this goes without saying right now, but a lot of unknown variables uh, right now, and that, that complicates all the decision making that, that we have as a city, but that's the same for everybody out there. We're not unique, um, but we just have to acknowledge that uh, it's a pretty fluid situation. In terms of our abilities to, to offer recovery packages, um, it, it would be nice to have a better idea of where certainly we are from a financial standpoint. And some of those unknown variables that are still hanging out there are the future federal relief efforts. Uh, you, you know, there's discussions ongoing right now about a CARES Act 2.0, uh, the HEROES Act, as it's been uh, termed initially in Washington. Uh, we still uh, also haven't seen the state legislature reconvene. And when they do, they'll, they'll likely have discussions on how to utilize the uh, 1.25 billion that they received through the first CARES Act uh, that uh, includes uh, the ability for them to pass that down to local governments. Um, on the flip side of that, we don't know what steps they're going to need to take to mitigate the pressures on their own budget, which are which are significant. So, uh, backfill dollars or any other decisions they make that uh, may impact funding to cities need to be uh, taken into consideration. We expect a lot of clarity to come in the months of June and July around uh, those issues at the state and federal level. As we've talked about at length before in these meetings and in others, uh, we really don't know the duration of this health crisis. Uh, we don't know if it will spike again uh, in the fall or winter. Um, so we just have to understand that we have to be able to scale as well, whether that's with recovery efforts, with our own operations, we need to make sure whatever we can do can, can ebb and flow with the changing guidelines that are out there. 
probably most important for, for us here in Iowa City um, will be the announcement of the University of Iowa's instructional plans that will come out uh, later, this, uh, later this summer. Um, certainly having the students back here in Iowa City uh, uh, means one thing and, and having all online classes means a completely other thing for, for our, our own health, our, our community's economic health, but the, the city of Iowa City's uh, health as well. Uh, and then uh, long term, just the, the, the shape and speed of this recovery. If you read a lot of the re recovery talk is questions about is it a W, is it a V, is it a Nike swoosh, uh, what, what does that recovery scale look like? And again, we, we just don't know that right now. And uh, you'll need to take that into consideration when, when thinking about recovery packages. Um, at the last meeting, we talked very briefly about the Better Together project. There are kind of two levels of recovery happening right now uh, that the city's involved with. I'm not going to cover the, the Better Together uh, project uh, tonight, but happy to answer questions about that. Councilor Mims would, would uh, be able to do so as well. But keep in mind, that's a very high-level regional effort uh, looking to kind of leverage relationships and, and, and support collaborative uh, recovery when possible. I want to focus more on what's in orange here, and that's our city recovery. What can we as a city do to help uh, our residents, our businesses, our nonprofits? And so there's there's three bullet points there, and I'd, I'd say these are could almost be numbered, as in as in uh, have to be taken in kind of sequential order. What we're doing right now is we're still kind of in that assessment phase. What are what's our ability? What's our capacity from a financial standpoint? Uh, what resources do we have to to help? Uh, spur recovery, and where are those resources best spent? What are those community needs out there that we can use? After that, we need to determine, determine our guiding principles, which is something I'm going to talk about um, uh, in the next slide. And then we'll craft whatever programs we can uh, to fill the most pressing needs uh, of our community. And, and again, that's at a very high level what we're hoping to get out of tonight's discussion. So it's important that um, when drafting recovery plans that, that we adopt some, some values or I've called them guiding principles here. Um, but it goes without saying, we're not gonna have the resources to meet every need in the community. And so we wanna be very clear with the community on what is, what is guiding our decision-making when it comes to recovery. Uh, why are we prioritizing what we are? If we can, if we can constantly go back to, to these guiding principles um, it will certainly help us communicate what we are trying to do with whatever recovery efforts we develop. So I'll walk through these one by one, and whether it's tonight or at some other future meeting, I really encourage the council to spend the time to, to, to perfect these, uh, because the staff will utilize these when developing our programs, and again, it'll be a, a focal point of our communications for, for other programs. So certainly one principle that I hope you consider is, is we need to make sure we're not compromising our own ability to provide essential services. We all want to do what we can to help, but at the end of the day, it's going to be counterproductive if we um, uh, get a little too aggressive and, and are forced into uh, cuts to our own essential services that end up hurting the community in the long term. We want to make sure that any individual or household relief that we offer is, is equitable and prioritize those that are most in need in our community. Relief efforts for nonprofit agencies should reward collaboration and create lasting operational benefits. Business relief programs should be coordinated with the actions of regional partners and aim to leverage external funding. 
any type of stimulus efforts must target Iowa City-based businesses and support jobs across multiple sectors of our economy. All relief efforts should yield enduring outcomes that align with our climate action objectives. This is a great opportunity to make sure that climate action, uh, the, the crisis that you declared is, is directly um, related uh, to whatever recovery efforts that we put out to the extent possible. And then uh, as we do with all our city funds, we just wanna make sure we're not duplicating benefits. And that's, that's part of that community assessment that needs to take, pay, take place. If we're gonna offer business grants, we wanna make sure that we're looking for those gaps. What are those, what are those businesses that weren't able to access the state and federal funds? What types of businesses were there? Were they large businesses? Were they small businesses? Um, but really understanding that we wanna um, not duplicate benefits that have been offered by others. So again, uh, we'll circle back to this. I encourage you um, to, to think about this and, and uh, uh, whenever that time comes, um, modify these as needed. Uh, quick summary of last uh, uh, meeting's presentation that you received from Dennis Bakkenstedt. Uh, the duration of the pandemic is, is unknown and, and so we don't really know what the, the complete financial impact is. And uh, the impact uh, across all our funds is pretty varied right now. We have short-term pressures and, and we know we're gonna have some long-term pressures as well. In the short term, we're feeling uh, pressures in parking, transit, road use tax, and water. And Dennis went into to detail on those at your last meeting. Uh, we also know that while the general fund does not have those, those uh, short-term pressures right now, they could very well develop short-term pressures as we wait and see where property tax collections come in and what the state does with our backfill payment. So what, what we thought initially was gonna be more of a long-term impact on the general fund um, could become a short-term impact and, and we just don't know uh, uh, that right now at this, at this time. We do know that we will have long-term impact in the general fund uh, as, as, uh, tax, uh, as our tax base stagnates, as, as we see a drop in uh, building permits and as we uh, predict that we'll see some stagnation in, in values and assessments, if not a decline in some areas, we know that that's gonna, that's gonna cause some pressure uh, in our general fund, and we're gonna have to make sure our services can weather that. So the next two to five years, because we're on about a two year lag between values and our budget cycles. So um, we already knew that fiscal year 24 was gonna be tough, because that's the last year of the property tax reform. That's where we'll see the biggest drop in the multi-residential category. So we are already kind of bracing for a tough year in fiscal year 24, and now we have this dynamic to place on top of that. So we need to make sure that whatever we're doing these next few fiscal years doesn't put us in a position that, that we can't pay for those same level of services come in fiscal year 24. And, and of course, we always wanna maintain strong reserves. You know, the city has reserves so that we can respond to emergencies like this. I don't wanna discourage you from using your reserves, but we need to have some, some good, honest conversations about um, how much of reserves that, that we can tap into and how much we need to keep for um, our, own, uh, our own stability when it comes to our operations, both in the short and the long term. We are doing some things to mitigate uh, the uh, budget pressures that we have right now. Uh, in the short term, we are eliminating or delaying uh, discretionary non-essential expenditures. Our department directors are, are doing that uh, um, on their own right now. Um, we have looked at some capital projects that we may need to delay uh, just to, to, to free up some, some cash flow. 
we have uh, delayed the filling of some vacant and newly authorized positions. So, uh, you know, the budget you approved for fiscal year 21 had several new positions. For the most part, we're holding off. We'll make a few exceptions there. Most of those positions won't be filled immediately come July 1st. We'll wait till we have a little bit more clarity. And then the council has also uh, been involved in discussions about our temporary staff that aren't working in the furloughs that uh, went into place um, earlier this month. Long-term things we may need to consider. Uh, these are things that we would really get into with uh, the budget that we'll work on this fall. Uh, but do we, do we need to reduce our workforce at all um, in order to kind of meet those pressures that we're expecting in the next couple of years and how best do we do that? So questions we can't really answer right now, but as uh, again, the financial impact becomes clear, we'll, we'll need to consider whether the general fund can continue to support the number of positions that we have if those values stagnate. We'll have to look at all the operating dollars that are being transferred to the city's capital improvement plan and whether we need to scale those back so that uh, those dollars can be put into operations. Um, and uh, if so, we might need to reallocate some of our CIP funding and we might need to look at those projects and, and uh, have to prioritize those a little bit more. So we talked a little bit about that last time. We talked about the the decrease in road use tax and the, and the pressures that we see there. We also know that road funding is, is one of our most critical needs. So going forward, as we make adjustments to our capital plan, we're really gonna have to look at how we can take dollars that maybe were previously set aside for other purposes and put more towards roads, uh, just to fill those gaps that we're gonna see in road use tax. Okay, so uh, this is a, a pretty busy slide, but I want to give you a sense of just from a financial standpoint, how we would look to fund recovery efforts. And the first thing that we would do is we'd look at our existing operational funds. So what are budget line items that are either unused at this point um, or that um, are budgeted for a, a non-essential purpose really that could be uh, uh, targeted towards something else. And I'll walk through these with you, um, but understand this isn't meant to be an exhaustive list. It's just to kind of give you a sense of where staff would, where, where our kind of mindset is and, and what we would look to, um, where we would look first when developing programs. So we have some existing funds that um, are, are meant for more longer term efforts. And, and you have some of those in your affordable housing fund. So as you know, over the years, we've land banked dollars. We've set aside dollars every year with the idea that in four or five or six years, we'll go out and we'll buy some, some property in the community to support an affordable housing project. Well, you could repurpose those dollars because of the short-term emergency. You could say that the short-term emergency takes precedence over that long-term effort and that we would rather use those land banking dollars for short-term rent relief uh, as opposed to a long-term affordable um, housing project. Uh, we also have fee in lieu of dollars that we've collected uh, for affordable housing projects. Again, our strategy was to hold those and, and put together a more expansive program in the future, but given the emergent situation that many households find themselves in, we could repurpose those uh, rather quickly and uh, supplement some of the other rent relief dollars uh, that, that are coming out. CDBG and home funds, we do have unallocated program income dollars. These are these are programs, uh, loan programs that we have offered for years and years. As those loans are repaid uh, to the city, we have those and those are generally unallocated funds. And so we can put some of those to, to use as well. 
Um, with your fiscal year 21 budget, we did uh, utilize the emergency levy for the uh, uh, climate action fund. And so we could really get into that climate action fund and decide if we wanna take some of that roughly million dollars and uh, repurpose maybe what our game plan is for using those dollars. Doesn't mean you necessarily have to take the focus off of climate action. There's certainly things, relief efforts that you could do that would um, be a little bit more uh, uh, emergent with, with uh, um, how quickly we spend those, but also tie back to our climate action goals. Um, we would certainly think that that emergency levy, those dollars uh, would fit well for any type of recovery effort. We have economic development discretionary dollars that are unspent. Uh, the council knows we have a 1% contingency line item both in this year's budget and next year's budget um, that um, uh, can be deployed for some type of recovery efforts. Uh, we talked about the capital improvement fund. Uh, we can delay some of our projects, um, push them off a couple of years and take some of those general fund dollars that were used to support our CIP and put those to use as well. And then we are already looking at tax increment financing and how we might be able to use dollars in those districts uh, to, uh, uh, to, to help with recovery. So those are existing funds. Those are, those are funds that are budgeted that, that, that could just be repurposed slightly and, and put to use. We also have reserve funds and I, uh, we have our general fund reserve, we have utility reserves and we have our emergency reserves. Again, this is where you wanna be cautious because these are, these are intended to support our, our operations. Uh, and we don't know the long-term impact on our operations. So we don't wanna be quick to draw these down only to find out we're gonna need them in years one, two, or three of this recovery. Uh, but know that they're there and know that they're healthy for the most part and uh, that, that they could be used uh, once we get to that comfort level. And then finally, we have the supplemental dollars that are coming from the, the federal government and, and perhaps from the state government later. But uh, we have the CDBG supplement, which was on your last council agenda. Uh, we are getting word that the state is likely to pass down some of their CDBG dollars that they got through the CARES Act to entitlement cities. Uh, so uh, we hope to be able to share with you uh, in, the, in the upcoming uh, week or two that we'll have even more CDBG dollars uh, to put to use. And again, those can be targeted towards individual relief or to relief for nonprofit agencies that are responding to, to COVID pressures. We have public housing dollars, uh, Iowa City public housing funds that were granted through the uh, CARES Act and, and those will be put to good use in the community. And then at your MPO meeting on May 27th, you'll be voting on how to allocate some transit dollars that we received from the, from the CARES Act. We may be able to put those to use as well. Again, kind of three different, three different sources of funding that staff is looking at now. Um, when we talk about relief, uh, I've, put, I've kind of tried to categorize things into these four buckets. We have relief efforts that are, that are targeted towards households or individuals uh, direct. Um, we have relief efforts that would be targeted to nonprofits uh, to our for-profit business community. And then the, th the fourth one's a little bit different. This is kind of what you think of when you, when you maybe think of the federal government and, and recovery efforts of the past, um, really thinking about stimulus and, and how can maybe we spend more? How can we prepare or, or move forward on a greater number of city projects um, and spread those out across many sectors to get that business community going? And, and this is the part of the presentation where I think 
at the end, we're going to want some council feedback on priorities because what you're going to see in the next few sides is, is a list of, of various examples that we could pursue. Again, not meant to be exhaustive lists, but different things that we could do and we could explore, um, but know that we can't do them all. And I'm not suggesting that, 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 that the following lists are things that you know we can do all these things. Uh, just to kind of get you thinking about um, what you think is most important for our community. So when it comes to individual and household relief, uh, um, I want to talk about some of the considerations that I think we need to keep in mind and then again share with you some examples. So on all these slides, you're going to see the city's ability to pay. Um, I don't want us to lose sight of that. Uh, we have to be able to, to, to afford these programs that we put together. What are those thresholds for, for eligibility? Are we utilizing existing eligibility criteria? Are we gonna look at new eligibility criteria uh, such as unemployment um, claims? Are we gonna target uh, certain types of relief um, as opposed to you know, the, the kind of the federal checks, you know, the $1,200 checks? Uh, are we gonna uh, think first about, let's make sure that those who are in need of housing or food or healthcare or childcare, whatever that is, um, let's, let's kind of target our relief efforts to those areas. How are we going to coordinate any type of relief with nonprofit pro, uh, providers in our community? Um, again, you know, the classic example of that is rental assistance. We can provide rental assistance direct to people, but we might not do that from city to household. We might go from city to nonprofit partner to, to household there and, and be much more efficient with how we handle that. I talked about the affordable housing funds. I think that's one area that we could move pretty quickly in if the council uh, wanted to look at repurposing some of those longer term affordable housing funds. Rebates and credits for unused city services. Uh, those are all types of considerations that I think we need to look at. So examples of relief efforts. Um, the two in red have already been done. The, that's the, the foregoing water shutoffs and late fees and then postponing that water rate increase. Um, we could expand the city's utility discount program. We have an existing utility discount program. We have about 450 households in that program that receive a discount every month on their utilities. Uh, all the eligibility criteria is already taken place. They've already submitted paperwork. Um, we could really look to expand that. Or you could kind of throw that program out the window and look for a more expansive utility relief uh, effort. Um, we can do more direct housing assistance. So in the last meeting, you approved CDBG dollars for some housing assistance, but we also talked about using some of the opportunity funds in the, in the affordable housing fund uh, to uh, make sure that undocumented residents also have access to those funds. Um, we can certainly look to supplement those efforts. How can we work on food security? Um, do, we, do we look to uh, try to provide some enhanced benefits through existing programs uh, that we have? There's great examples of existing programs out there. There's the Food with Love program. There's our Double Up Food Bucks program. There's some good framework already started there that we could help supplement if, if, if that uh, food security was a priority for the council. We talked a lot about child care. We all know that child care was an existing uh, um, challenge for many in the community and that's going to really be exponentially increased going forward so what could the city do to provide some uh, child care uh, credits for those that need them maybe can we can can we work with uh, child care providers to to, to help uh, carry out some type of new local program transit's another example um, 
you know, we were already uh, contemplating the idea of a fare free transit with some of the CARES Act dollars that we that we may be getting. Um, it could be that we have an additional resources to, to really focus an effort on trying to reduce the transportation cost of, uh, that many households uh, have in our community. Uh, employment enhancement partnerships. How, how do we how do we make sure that people uh, who have been laid off in their in their positions can get new skills uh, to re-enter the workforce? And can we partner with labor organizations or some of our educational institutions? Again, these are all all examples of of what we might be able to do uh, should should uh, individual and household relief be a priority for the council. Uh, nonprofit support. Um, really, when we think about nonprofits, we kind of have two uh, um, two categories in mind. Uh, we have the human service uh, agencies, uh, housing, food, healthcare, mental health, all those things. Um, but we also have a, a very um, uh, vibrant arts and culture uh, scene that has been devastated by this pandemic. And council need to weigh if we want to uh, be more aggressive in trying to help. Uh, the arts and culture community rebound from this. And we, we do know that they play a significant role in our, our economy as well. How do we encourage collaborative efforts among, among nonprofits? How do we leverage some of the existing private and, and federal funds that are already out there? Um, we can do direct operational grants. That's certainly familiar to us. We have the aid agencies program. We have some framework in place where we could supplement those budgets, do an extra application round, and turn things around pretty quickly. Uh, we could think about uh, loans to, to agencies to really um, look at how do we help them long-term, right? It's you know, some of these like CARES Act funding, those are really meant to, to help some of those short-term issues, but how can we spend dollars uh, to help um, these organizations shore up their long-term futures? Because as, as many will be, as many are kind of fighting for survival right now, uh, even when this pandemic passes, uh, there's going to be challenging times for our nonprofits community. So can we look at uh, ways to help them uh, long-term by reducing some of their operational costs, by reducing some of their debt costs uh, going forward? Direct business support uh, is, the, is the next one. Uh, there's been a lot of attention paid to this at the federal level. Obviously, we've talked about the PPP program uh, quite a bit. The state has offered some funding as well, but we know it falls way short of the needs that are out there in the business community. So what, what might the city do uh, uh, for direct business support? Uh, we have seen some cities in Iowa respond with business grant programs. Um, I saw one today out of Muscatine. I believe the Des Moines area has uh, seen a couple of cities start some, some grant programs. Um, we can look at, I think what we would try to do is look at what, what, what uh, types of businesses were not able uh, to access those federal and state dollars or where did those dollars maybe not go far enough. And we'd really try to find where those gaps are and, and help those most in need. Uh, traditionally, in a situation like this, cities would be targeting very small businesses uh, for our relief efforts. And we can expand existing programs that we have, like our loan guarantee program, our CDBG uh, program. We could even look to create new programs. Uh, we could look at targeting um, certain types of businesses. And I uh, note on here, minority and women-owned businesses. 
Um, it's been well documented that uh, minorities have been hit um, much harder than the rest of the population by this pandemic. So we may need to think about that as we're crafting our, our grant programs uh, to make sure, again, following those guiding principles that we're, we're reaching out to those who, who need the help the most. I've had some conversations uh, with, with some of you and others in the community about what the city could do about, uh, to make sure that businesses open up um, and they have all the PPE they need for their employees and their customers. As businesses are strapped for, for cash right now, uh, they may not have uh, the resources to, to properly equip uh, their employees. Uh, they may not have the resources to modify their, uh, their retail stores or their restaurants. And that may be a that may be a good role for a city to step into and, and help. Um, we'll revisit the, the parking pass uh, rebate credit uh, type of program that really applies to individual households as well as businesses and nonprofits because I think they uh, uh, there's there's several um, types of businesses that and people that that have those um, parking passes. So we could. Uh, we could um, revisit that one uh, probably in a, you know another few weeks or a month uh, once we have the um, uh, the lease issue worked out on the Harrison Street deck. Um, but there's also possibilities to get creative with that too. Is it a straight rebate? Do we provide some incentives uh, tied in with the community gift card program to encourage further spending in the economy? Uh, lots of different ways we could go with that. And then the last bucket was the economic stimulus. So this isn't necessarily direct um, support to businesses, but this is more about how can we incentivize activity through, through city investment. So uh, while I talked about scaling back our capital plan, you could look at it differently. If we wanted to tap into more of our funds, our unused funds, our reserves, and really look to expand our CIP, that's not something that we can do overnight. Um, but as we look at a two or three year period, we could really look to, to, to um, bolster the, the amount of work that we're, that we're pushing out the door. But we can do that through accelerated climate action grants as well and really try to incentivize uh, people to make improvements to their, their buildings and their homes um, uh, through our climate action grant program. Uh, we've talked, uh, uh, listed here, green and livable wage job credit programs, really trying to, how do we encourage employers to, to add um, uh, new positions back? Can we incentivize jobs that are well paid uh, or maybe that uh, fit, fit into our climate action uh, goals? Uh, prior to the pandemic, we were already looking at a, a commercial tax abatement program on Highway 1 and 6, and we're getting close to bring that to the EDC for consideration. So that's that's more of a... Uh, a fortunate timing situation, but that's certainly a program that council could adopt that would um, help incentivize uh, additional improvements in the in the community. And how do we expand upon existing food uh, uh, service partnerships between uh, restaurants and nonprofits? So again, just a different way to think about recovery there. Um, and uh, uh, we can certainly explore these a little bit further. So this is my last slide here. I just want to wrap up with a couple of thoughts. Um, we do have resources uh, to, to put towards a recovery effort. Um, and I think we're, we're in a fortunate position. Not many cities across the country are in a position to be offering local recovery, but I, I think we are. Uh, we just have to be very careful with the speed at which we move and the size of the program. I'd encourage the council to to start small and scale it up as we get a little bit more comfortable with our financial effort. Uh, 
would we'd first look to use those existing budgeted dollars before we moved into um, any type of reserves. And again, that's really just kind of waiting for that financial picture to clear up a little bit. And then lastly, again, what I'm hoping today uh, results from uh, the ensuing discussion that you'll have is for, for the city staff to walk away with just a better idea of where your priorities are. I don't expect that you're gonna be able to give us specific direction tonight, um, but we'd like you to think about those guiding principles and we'd like you to, to start to talk about what areas um, that, that you saw here or maybe that we didn't present on that you think are the highest priority for us as staff to be considering right now. I'll turn it back over to you, Mayor, and happy to answer any questions. Well, thanks for giving us a lot of information to think about right now. Um, I think it is very clear that COVID-19 will have impacts that we're seeing now and that we'll see in the future. And the reality is, is that people in our community are the ones that are uh, needing the relief. And so I, I believe that it's appropriate for staff to present this to council. And I think it's our duties as counselors to really look at it and give some direction, I think, um, to the best of our ability now, realizing that things is gonna be on a continuum and, and, and it, it could change. One of the things I've been saying is that we have to coexist with COVID-19 because we, it, it appears we could be here a while. And so thanks for your presentation. I wanna open it up to counselors. I, I jotted down some notes and I imagine others have notes and some thoughts as well. So. I'll open it up to our counselors to kind of chime in. This is Pauline, you can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, Jeff, you uh, stressed several times uh, to avoid duplication of any sort of uh, assistance to certain groups or individuals. But I think you also talked a couple of times about the undocumented. And we've heard that over and over again that uh, these folks oftentimes don't qualify for the federal assistance or even the state assistance. So I think one of our priorities should be looking at the, that group of individuals and, and seeing where we might be able to help them out, whether it be the utilities or uh, housing assistance, those kinds of things. I think that should be one of our key priorities. This is Janice. As part of that, I think that we've been hearing that the federal dollars that were sent out, the $1,200 um, per person or per household, did not go to households that have at least even one person who is, um, who is not either a citizen or in the citizenship process. So that could be that this, I don't, I don't know how many folks here are um, affected by that, but it, the, what you can have one spouse and the kids be citizens, but they didn't get it because the other spouse is not. What do you mean by that? Do you mean like a green card, a resident but not citizen? Or what do you mean exactly? Or undocumented? I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it, what it means, but I just have read a number of stories that indicate that uh, despite the fact that a, a part, at least one partner in the ho household and the kids were citizens because the other one was not, they did not receive any any of the federal relief dollars. And uh, so I'm just putting that out there because that will put those households in an even more difficult situation because they will be short the $1,200 in addition to everything else. 
Yes, that's true for all the undocumented uh, people. If the parent undocumented and the kids are U.S. citizen, still they are not eligible. The whole house. Well, that's true. But for re residents, all the residents are, uh, you know, if you have a green card, you are eligible. I guess to put that on there, but undocumented, of course, they are the one who's really get hit bad because they don't get anything. I guess my thought would be, Jeff, when you talked about not um, not trying to duplicate services and looking at what venues are already in place, they're used to helping the, the people in our community that have the greatest need. I guess where I would be most comfortable is that we at least start our initial priority in putting money to the nonprofits to let them give them more money to get out to the individuals and the households. They already have the mechanisms in place um, to help, whether it's through the food insecurity issues, whether it's housing or other issues. To me, that seems the place where we could get uh, maybe the most benefit to the neediest individuals in our community the quickest. Um, and then look at some of these air other areas as our financial picture, you know, kind of we get a little bit more definition of, of what we really have available. And I'm concerned that we don't, as you said, Jeff, that we don't do too much too fast. Let's figure out what we really feel like we can afford. It's not going to hurt us long term and uh, utilize the mechanisms through our nonprofits. No, this is John. Yeah, I, Susan, I would agree with Susan's comment on the, the sector. Uh, of services that are provided by the nonprofits, uh, I think we have a real. That's one of Iowa City's great strengths. So I think it's building on their ability to maximize and leverage the funds that they receive, the connections they have within those who they serve. Um, that, that's an extraordinary resource that we have that I think uh, will will help us as as a city to. Uh, maximize our, our reach and, and benefit. Um, I found this whole exercise, of, if you will, of the pandemic and the question of what's essential and what's non-essential to be a very interesting and kind of provocative way of thinking about our response. I know I'm just on a personal level, you know, I've, I've really been asking myself, what's essential to me? Uh, and so I think as a city, at trying to understand what that may mean uh, I think would be a useful exercise. And Jeff, you've thrown just a ton of stuff at us here. So I'm looking forward to trying to um, kind of go through it and, and process it a little bit more. I, I am interested at the same time with how it may provide opportunities. And I've sent to you all an email on how from the urbanist standpoint, uh, many cities are responding to, to the pandemic because it has changed the way in which public space uh, can function properly, you know, with respect to safe distancing. Some of those efforts may have long-term benefits. Uh, so I think it's, a, in that sense, kind of an interesting opportunity to explore ideas for how to help our neighborhood commercial districts, how to help our neighborhoods uh, moving forward, both in the short term and in the long term. You know, one, one example for me would be 
the uh, in the commercial districts, uh, Northside Marketplace, the idea of closing Lynn Street from Jefferson to the alleyway north of Hamburg Inn. You know, that's the kind of thing we've done on a kind of a event basis with the, um, was it the uh, food to table events that we've been staging as well as special events. Think, think of that as kind of a more of a pedestrian mall where there's flow in that space with tables and movement, you know, from one side of the street to the other. I think we may find that might be of value beyond the pandemic, perhaps, and we can test that over the short term. So I, I think there are ways in which this, the situation we're in um, may be, it, it's going to force us to let go of some of our preconceptions. And, uh, you know, there, while it's certainly going to be a struggle because of the, the financial aspects to this, it may at the same time offer opportunities moving forward. Jeff, maybe you could just share that slide again that listed out the different um, priorities. All of those looked, I mean, just as you read through them, all of them seemed appropriate to me, but I think if you're looking for um, a little more guidance from us on, on ordering those, is that a little bit of what we're trying to do tonight? Or is that too ambitious? You're still, okay. Yeah, I think, um... You know, you guys you need to decide how, how how deep you want to jump into this tonight. As, as John mentioned, it's a lot to get thrown at you um, and react to uh, on the spot here. So um, I can uh, I can get you a copy of this presentation. Uh, I'll email you that, uh, and, and uh, maybe I'll just put it in the Thursday info packet, and then and the public will have access to it too. Um, you probably want to sit and think about those a little bit. We can react on site, but um, or uh, tonight, you know, to the extent that time allows. But um, my purpose tonight wasn't to necessarily pin pin the council down on, and and give staff clear direction. It was just to kind of fill you out and get a sense on uh, uh, where you might want to go. But we can we can revisit this at your next meeting as well. Well, I would just say for myself, the, you know, the principles that you've set forth here do look good to me. And I think, you know, none of those give me pause. They certainly, I think, are in line with our values and our, our policies, at least as, as far as that goes. So my initial impression is, um, you know, the direction that you were thinking based on this presentation is, is exciting and hopeful. Good. Well, I mean, I really believe, uh, you know, we should prioritize, uh, uh, you know, the the um, assistance on housing because everyone is, uh, I guess, the, the, the rent or the mortgage is a larger bill everybody pay every, every month. So if we can really, you know, focus first, uh, like the, the first priority, I know that you have it there, but I really want to guess say we, we need to have that the first priority and uh, I, I agree with uh, everyone who said that number of the organizations should handle this this is this is true because they they have a system place they know how to evaluate people uh, you know and they can they have the ability to write the check to the bank for mortgage or to the landlord for rent and and also I, I would like to see what, what our housing authorities 
this game for the people who have section it uh, because I know some people they have portion of the rent that they have to pay is are they adjusting it immediately if their income like went down or and, and also I know that there is some people who pay more than uh, like they pay 40% not 30% up to 40% and that difference is being paid by them regardless if their income went down or not uh, I would love to see also what the housing authorities doing, can we give also the housing authorities some of the money to cover those or not? I think for me, there's a lot of items to think about, but I just wanted to maybe talk a little bit about um, prioritizing the how we assist. I think that's gonna be a real challenge because in our community, I think we have so many people uh, that potentially have need. We have households that have need, and and that's something that, if we're going to be looking at how to, you know, create some relief for those that are in our community, it, it, you know, we have a lot of households that have needs. We have our nonprofits that I believe can help us in uh, administering some of the uh, funds they have existing programs. Um, has been mentioned about undocumented individuals within our community. I would love to have them a part of a, uh, a recovery effort. Um, but we also have the business community. I know of a business that is, um, they're struggling. Um, and where PPP money has been readily available through to others throughout our community, there are some businesses that either um, they're not in the loop as to how to um, fill out for some of these items. Maybe they were so stressed out, but uh, to, to really navigate some relief efforts, I'm very happy to know that we have a group that is meeting um, and that is uh, the one that uh, Councilor Mims is appointed to. And that is where better together, they'll be navigating various things. And, I, and I'm not sure how that will all play out, but I. One big thing is um, I think that will be beneficial is just information sharing and trying to reach those communities or individuals, um, businesses or individuals that have, um, that may just need some resources and some information to be successful during uh, this time. I, I like the idea of um, for the businesses, potentially looking at them a little more, whereas loan loans to agencies to help their survival but there's there's our community is widely impacted i know that we won't be able to do everything i will say for the parking garages um i i hear some creative ideas and i may just say that we might want to um, really zone it into maybe a rebate refunding those um parking garage passes or giving credit for future parking or something like that. Um, there's ra rationale behind that. Um, we did open up those garages without any fee. And so people are still paying. So I, I think that's the only rationale that I have. Not to get into any more minutiae on anything, but I, I, I wanna appreciate uh, and say thanks to Jeff for all the work that you and staff have done uh, to bring some thoughts and ideas to us and um, 
please have this in our next packet so we can really think about it because there's a lot to think about. Could I add something, Mr. Mayor? Absolutely. Um, I I uh, am agree with the non with the nonprofit focus. I also think that as we go forward, it's helpful for for the city to focus on things that either already exist within this within the city's toolbox, like utility rebates or or reduction in utility bills, helping to some extent with that. The the proposal that um, the Jeff that Jeff you made with respect to transit, because I think we can think of things in in different baskets and one basket can be basically as uh, ability to live at home and then people are going to need to get back to work how do you how do you do that you do that through public transit you do it through daycare um, but you live based on your rent and your ability to pay utilities and that's sort of how i'm focusing on things sorry for the background noise here I think a lot of us can piggyback off that. Oh, go right ahead, Ryan, please. Oh, I just wanted to, to echo um, something quickly and just um, bring aware of the fact that um, the eviction freeze is ending um, next Wednesday. And so that is something to consider in relief plans is that many people, if they haven't been able to pay their rent, if their landlord chooses to go ahead and with, with the eviction proceedings, that can start again next week. So that may be something to look at when talking about uh, the financial needs and direct assistances. Are people going to be forced out of their homes in the middle of a pandemic? Thank you, Ryan. I was really trying to bring that and I forgot uh, because it, we have to act quickly about this, really. You know, I don't know if like waiting to the next council meeting and maybe until we come up with something will be ideal because some people are not paying the rent of March and April and May and now June is coming and those people are not they, they are the one who are going to be evicted because they have rent accumulated there I, I guess wish the council will will act on this quickly so you have clear idea what to do uh, and I, I just like everything that you put together and this is uh, the base we just have to add a little thing on it and we can just act quickly. Do we have any idea what Johnson County is going to do on evictions? Lynn County has said that they are going to proceed after the 27th. The last I heard, Johnson County that had, had made no decision. I, I have not heard a decision communicated publicly, Janice. Nor have I. I can I can I know there are conversations going on, but I haven't heard anything definitive. I don't think, I, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the Supreme Court's order right now, but I'm not sure they're even going to schedule evictions um, in June, but let me pull that up and I'll look at it. Um, while, while that conversation is, I think, very important, I do wonder if we don't consider allocating some funds that may not be controversial amongst us. Um, I think about the land banking. I know what those dollars have been used for or are int intended for, but potentially we could look at allocating that. And I don't know if that's something that Jeff wanted to take back to um, staff and maybe make recommendations to council. 
one thing is the urgency of it or potential urgency of it. I, if people are gonna be evicted, I think that is something that we wanna at least look at within our community. Um, that would be one immediate action that we could take. We could do, we, we could put together um, a suggestion for your, for your next meeting um, on, on rental emergencies. One of the, um, you know, we were gonna look at um, 60% of our, our CARES Act allocation from CDBG to, to go to that purpose. We still don't have authorization to, to get that, get those monies out the door. And with the state possibly adding money to that, um, we may not be able to get it out in the next few weeks because there's some additional work that has to go to incorporate a new allocation of federal dollars. So we could look at um, looking at some of our we could look at some of our existing budget line items and get some rental relief monies out the door uh, uh, quicker, knowing that the CARES Act will, will come later in June. Um, we would look towards those existing budget line items, like I, like I said, so we could, we could sketch something out for you for your, for your first June meeting, if you'd like. Jeff, you're saying that the 410 you still have something to do with it? Because I thought you told me last time we, we need to spend that as soon as possible. Yeah, so what we did is we, we got council approval. We went through and did all the, all the kind of the paperwork and approvals that were needed, um, but we still don't have the authority to spend it from HUD. Um, HUD. Basically, we were getting everything ready to go, and then once HUD gives us the green light, we're able to move forward. Um, the final rules on on what are the eligible expenses uh, are for those funds have not been established yet, and that's what we're waiting on. So that could be, uh, you know, there's good news and bad news here. You know, our 400 um, may end up being closer to a million dollars worth of funding with the new money from the state. So that's great news, but that's going to cause a whole nother set uh, of approvals potentially. And, and delay in getting those dollars out the door. We're gonna to try to do everything we can to get those dollars spent as quickly as possible. Um, but if, if, your, if your direction tonight is we need to move very quickly on rental assistance, what we're probably gonna to have to do is get some local funds out the door first and then let the, let the federal funds supplement those um, hopefully later in June. But if you don't know the guideline, how are we gonna like use, you mean like use local fund and when we get the federal fund, just replace the, the, the fund. Uh, the problem is if we don't know the guideline, uh, how they are supposed to use those, or we you have those things, like you have the no. guideline? Yeah, so what I would suggest is, uh, um, I'm, I'm gonna pick a number, don't, don't hold me to this, but if, if sure. the city came up with $200,000 or two, uh, uh, yeah, say two hundred thousand dollars of local money. We could put our own rules to that. We can, okay. we can work with our our nonprofit partners and say, you know, here here's the rules on how to spend that, and we can move as quickly as we need to. Um, the federal dollars that we get in after that would not replace what we would spend. Um, they would supplement it, so they would be on top of what we spend. So oh, okay. Um, we, you know, it wouldn't be a night. This isn't a cash advance that gets paid back with federal dollars. This is a mm -hmm. cash advance to address an emergency that you're seeing. And then knowing that those funds aren't going to stretch very far, they hopefully will stretch far enough to a point in time when the CARES Act dollars can then be added to the pot. 
I just don't want to use like city money that we can uh, do whatever we want to do with it. And uh, after that, get our money that very restricted to certain things. So if the federal fund will be good to use for housing, and if the waiting time is not that long, we just should wait, I guess. But uh, I really urge people to do that because a lot of people I know that they, they just been coming and asking for renter assistance. I, I really don't know, this is tough. It sounds like uh, Jeff will come back with recommendations at our next meeting. So, and we, I, I'm sure he's open to council meeting, you know, reaching out to him if they have additional thoughts or questions. All right, well, thanks to everybody for chiming in on this item. Any other thing for this item before we move on? Uh, Mayor, I just wanted to give the council opportunity again um, for any other COVID related, our, our work session topic is just general COVID. We focused on recovery, but before you move on to the next item, if you have operational questions, um, uh, uh, or, or questions about our emergency response, I'd be happy to field those. No, thanks. Okay. I mean, this is, uh, I think that the Jeff that you said, you said this, said, said things correctly at the beginning that this is ongoing. We don't know what, what the end is going to be on this. Um, I was watching the Johnson County Emergency Center press conference uh, this afternoon. Just oh, sorry. <laughs> what happens when you have city council at home? Um, uh, and, and Teresa Brennan, Dr. Brennan of UIHC said, yes, Johnson County has flattened the curve. We have no new cases today. Hospitalizations are down, but that doesn't mean that any of us can let our guard down. Um, and the best way to keep that going is for people to be considerate of other people um, by, we can prevent 85% of infections by everybody waiting, wearing some sort of face covering as, as, things, um, as things open up. The, we have now lost over 91,000 people. I did the math, that's 60% of Johnson County, if you sort of wanna try and conceptualize it. Um, I would love to see us continue to flatten and crush the curve here, but it's going to really take everybody. So I, I would just make a plea that this is not a curtailment of people's freedom to wear a face covering of some sort or a shield. It actually is liberating because it allows people um, to go out without necessarily putting themselves or others at risk. Thanks. I've been actually wearing a shield since you... Uh, told me about your shield, uh, Councilman Weiner, and it is liberating. It really is. And um, so I, I've enjoyed wearing it. But I, I do believe that you're right. I think um, sharing the message that we need to continue doing all that we can to make sure that we don't see uh, a change in what our current status is here in Johnson County. All right, hearing nothing else on this topic, 
Uh, we're going to move on to continuing the conversation of our strategic plan, which we started. Um, I want to say it was back in, it was back when we can meet. So that was prior to March 8th. <laughs> Yes, so we have our assistant city manager, Ashley Monroe, and um, I'm going to just let you take it from here because I'll, one thought, I I don't know if you're thinking, maybe we go through some cleanup language first and then jump into the last item, but I'll let you kind of navigate. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I do have the document where we... Um, left off with some adjustments to language based on discussion, and I'll share that momentarily. Okay, so here we, we have a couple of the other sections uh, we worked through, the initiatives included the uh, demonstrate leadership and climate action, uh, we had advancing social justice, racial equity, and human rights. As far as I'm aware, uh, council came to an agreement generally on the principles and, and bullets that we find in, in these sections. Uh, the last time we spoke about this, the section uh, or an initiative, I'm sorry, about strengthening community engagement and intergovernmental relations. Uh, there was a suggestion to add and neighborhoods to the to the item related to creative engagement techniques and focusing on reaching diverse populations and neighborhoods. So if we're are we okay with that generally amongst this group? Okay. Uh, there were not any changes. We discussed thoroughly the initiative to invest in public infrastructure facilities and fiscal reserves. So we won't talk about that. Uh, there was some discussion about fostering healthy neighborhoods and affordable housing throughout the city. Uh, recall that we added the affordable housing, called that out specifically in this section. So we expanded on that in this first item to continue efforts to expand and adapt the city's affordable housing and neighborhood improvement strategies to meet the needs throughout the community. So that was speaking a little bit to not only the housing affordability, but also what happens within our neighborhoods and, and kind of other improvements to, to those areas. And then through the discussion, we also talked about the activities within the neighborhoods, the what happens in those places um, that make those areas so special to us about uh, community. And so I, I added uh, from your discussion, support neighborhood activities and improvements that create vibrant creative spaces and inspire a sense of place and community. And so I wanted thoughts and feedback from you on whether you like this, whether it embodies what you're trying to capture here through a variety of programming and other opportunities to engage within neighborhoods. I'll take it uh, Ashley, before you go there, I really would like, I remember when we talked about it at the recycling center, I was mentioning that we need to have like clear plan for affordable housing, like a goal for like to put a, a plan, like long-term plan for affordable housing. I really would love to see that language in place. I, I have to agree. I. 
when I look at what we did before in the first one, you know, it, it kind of talked about strategies to, to improve availability and affordability of housing in Iowa City. But I, I think that as we have opportunity here to really streamline and focus on our affordability or on our affordable housing. And I would suggest that we really do look at um, some, you know, look at this with policies and, and some comprehensive uh, steps that we can get to really ensuring that we have affordable housing opportunities. Developing, as Maz just talked about, uh, a, a plan um, so with some strategic objectives. And so I, I do want something, well, personally, I would like to say a little more here um, with some teeth that we can walk away um, and not have this on our continued um, strategic plan over and over and over. And we really take some time to evaluate needs within our community, uh, figure out even funding options potentially, as well as create those policies for more, just uh, uh, just so that it's more comprehensive in, in nature. I guess my comment to that would be that I typically look at a strategic plan as being more of your high level, calling out at a high level, those things that you're trying to really focus on over the next two years. And then from that, developing what you're talking about, Bruce, in terms of, you know, more details and specifics that you're going to do. And, and quite frankly, the idea that this is not going to be a part of our strategic plan at some point, I'm not sure that's realistic if we continue to make it a priority because I don't think we're ever going to be able to meet the need for affordable housing in Iowa City. So I think it's, I think it's always going to be something that is with us. But I think the fact that we added it into here, called it out in the title, have it in that first bullet, um, that puts it, you know, kind of front and center on the radar. But typically your, your strategic plan itself, I don't think is going to have the level of detail that you're talking about. That's going to have to be our next step. I was wondering about I, I We're all so polite. Okay, I, I'm going to go ahead and speak. Um, I, I I think maybe kind of in between what um, uh, Councillor Menz and our mayor is saying is, is what I would advocate for, which is something acknowledging the Affordable Housing Action Plan. If I understand correctly what that plan was, is that the 15-point item where we've accomplished like 13 of the points? So I don't know if... Um, if that's if that's what I was thinking, if I'm thinking of the right action plan for the affordable housing action plan. But if that is the case, I think for the next two years, we want to look at what expansions we can make to that, not to say what those 15 points are in our strategic plan, but just that we would actually implement some expansion of an action plan rather than, um, you know, just having it a little more vague as is stated here. So that would be my recommendation to kind of split the difference there. A suggestion on language that would that I think would might address some of your concerns, Maz, because I really think that we do need to include the term long term in there at some point. So we're not talking about things that sunset after 10 years, for example. It could read something like continue 
uh, to expand and adapt the city's affordable housing and neighborhood improvement strategies to meet long-term needs throughout the community or something like that that would then sort of say, we're gonna continue to work on this and it's a long-term strategy. Okay, I, I would just add that um, I think all of us had a, a conversation with Sarah and uh, Heath from the, um, oh, I'm forgetting Habitat. And uh, to me, that, that's precisely, a, that's a great example of an expansion uh, of our efforts, uh, especially with the emphasis on the partnerships with the nonprofit there. Um, so I, I, th I don't know that we, you know, it's, we, we have it in there. I mean, if we, in fact, the Genesis question of the, um, the, the dimension of long-term, that was part of Habitat's proposal as well. That was, that was integrated into it. Um, I, think, I think the language personally, I think is okay. It's really a question of, of um, engaging with our non-private partners uh, and expanding and leveraging uh, what city dollars we have. I, I was very impressed uh, with the proposal. I think it, um, in fact, I've been hoping for some time that our, our universe city program was going to transform into something along the lines that we saw in that proposal. So I think we are making uh, considerable progress uh, and I would hope we would continue to make progress. And it, it also, um, the Habitat proposal, at least in our conversation, uh, had that neighborhood emphasis, which I thought was also uh, valuable. So in a number of dimensions, I think we are advancing this. Um, my only comment is I'd like to see that program in the South District replicated. I think there may be opportunities, should be opportunities to um, apply that kind of program in other parts of Iowa City. I like um, Councilwoman uh, Weiner's suggestion about the including the language uh, to meet uh, and then in the, and added in there the long-term uh, needs, but then I would go so far as to also say long-term needs of availability and affordability throughout the community. I think we're missing that availability aspect of this. I'm going to say it again. We need really to add that on the language saying that we need to work with another like organization, affordable housing organization, to implement a plan for affordable housing. That's it. We just need to put it there, you know. Uh, and so we can work with the people who really want to do this, and we can we can figure out a way. We've been talking about affordable housing for a long time. We we have some here in Samzaya. We asked some developer to like give like for uh, I guess uh, percentage ten percent to be affordable, but it's, it's never been affordable forever. That's why we need a plan. We need a clear plan, and after that we can see how we can fund that plan. But as long as we're not putting it here, we are not going to do it. We really need to put it just now. Like you have here, something also long as like continue implementation of the park master plan. Like there is some kind of plan there. That's why we continue doing it. We need to have this language too there. That's what I believe. So a quick uh, history might, might be helpful for, for uh, council. Um, when we originally did, the, the council 
gosh, it's probably been four or five years ago now, um, asked the, the city staff to develop a, a affordable housing plan. And that's where that 15 point plan came through. I think we've checked off 14 of those boxes and are, are chipping away at the 15th one. And then last year, you see the 2018-2019 um, objective A, which was to modify the existing affordable housing action plan. Um, we did that um, maybe a year, year and a half ago. We came to council and suggested that we spend our dollars a little bit differently. Um, that's where uh, funding for the South District uh, program came from. Uh, we emphasized um, uh, rehab over construction through a reprioritization of how we are spending those dollars. We created the Opportunity Fund, which is where we might have to tap into to help with some of the undocumented uh, households that we have for a relief effort. So we did modify it. I think the question is going forward, um, if, if, if you want a new set of plans, there's always going to be an evolution of the programs that we offer. We should always be looking at partnerships and things of that nature. Um, but I don't think I don't think you can expect staff to come up with 15 new ideas. Um, it, it's really about getting the amount of funding that you need into the into the various housing programs uh, that we have. So um, we can do a we can do a new a new plan, a new study. In many cities, hire consultants to do that. Uh, uh, and we can we can go through that process if that's a priority. Um, what I would suggest is that council, however you were to hear, you need to have a work session pretty early on and say, this is what we want to look at. We want to look at the policy side of this. We want to look at ways to increase funding. We want to take the South District model and, and blow it up to, to where we're doing a dozen houses a year. Whatever your goals may be, that's what's going to be critically important. Um, a, a plan is fine. Uh, we will take a lot of time, do a, you know, we'll go through all those planning processes. I don't think there'll be a whole lot of new ideas that come from that. Um, I think we, we probably know what needs to be done and it, it really is gonna involve some conversation amongst you seven uh, in, in, a, in a work session or two dedicated to this topic. I, I do wonder if for the meeting today uh, for this part, if we can agree on some language for this. And then it sounds like from the majority of what I hear, at least uh, what Jeff just mentioned is that we may want a work session to really dig into exactly what it is that we want. So maybe if, if the language can be encompassing somehow, um, uh, I always, uh, <laughs> like uh, Councillor Burgess, uh, she seems to find a word or two that we can add to be all inclusive of what we're talking about, but um, maybe continuing efforts to uh, innovatively expand and adapt, ad adapt the city's affordable housing. I, I'm not sure, but it seems like there's maybe one or two words that is missing in the existing that's there that might satisfy council for today and then we can certainly come back and go into a work session that really spells out what we're looking at and maybe have that conversation amongst ourselves. So what if we, Mayor, instead of continue, um, what if we um, replace continue with uh, identify new efforts to expand and adopt the city's affordable housing and neighborhood improvement strategies to meet long-term needs throughout the community? Just picking up on a couple of things you've said. 
Yeah. I think if you emphasize, I, if you emphasize identify up front, that puts the yeah. the onus back on the council to actually to, whether whether that's directing a plan at a later date or, or or identifying policies that need to be evaluated. That that word identify means a lot means something very different than continue. I would be okay with that. I I think I one one thought I have is you know with the idea of a work session in the near future. We can always circle back and revise the language in our strategic plan. It may it may come out of that work session uh, in a more meaning meaningful way, or at least in a more um, comprehensive way uh, than what we might develop now. But I think the idea of identify uh, new efforts is is a little bit more concise than continue efforts. Um, but I, I would I would be interested in having that work session and see what may come out of it. I'm certainly, I've proposed and met with all of you counselors and, and tried to point toward different programs that are being done in other cities in the state of Iowa. Uh, there, there are other strategies we could be looking at. Um, I, what I've found is that a critical element in developing any new plans is understanding uh, who within our own affordable housing community may be able to take that action forward. And that, that's what I found interesting with Habitat. They seem to be a very well-positioned organization uh, to, to um, also identify and develop new, new strategies moving our housing, our affordable housing program forward. So it sounds like maybe we have an agreement on language suggested by our city manager. I'm not seeing too many nods, but uh, yes, all right, we, we do. All right, sounds great. All right, Ashley, you can continue. Okay, I'll continue. I, I got most of what Jeff had suggested, so we're, we're all set there. Um, here is the section where we modified this from a encouraging a vibrant and walkable urban core to enhancing community mobility for all residents. Um, we finessed some of the, the discussion into three uh, objectives here and they're to continue implementation of the city's master bicycle plan and pursue gold bicycle friendly community status from the League of American Bicyclists. So this is intended to, to encompass all of those um, items within our bike, our existing bicycle plan uh, and pursuing some of those other components, education and, and other measures that go along with that designation. Uh, the second is to complete the Iowa City Area Transportation Study, pursue recommended changes and evaluate implementation outcomes to ensure that community needs are met by these system changes. So that again is, is finishing our transit study and then assessing the potential outcomes of that study. And then the final one is to ensure ease and safety of travel for residents and visitors through expansion of accessibility measures, improved connectivity, and use of adopted complete streets design standards. So this is taking uh, some of the discussion about 
enhancement for safety and crossings, uh, access of, of those crossings at, at curb cuts and, and others, uh, improving connectivity, so pedestrian sidewalk connections or uh, transportation accessibility connectivity, and then implementing our the complete streets design standards that were adopted uh, a year or two ago. So um, these, this is what we came up with, but if there are things that are missing here or any changes that you'd like to see to this language, then I'll take some notes and take it from here. Uh, one thing I, I would, was thinking could be added, uh, and that is again the this dimension that's upon us now, and that is the the COVID, and how that could affect our opportunities to explore in, as that that article mentioned, kind of a, a tactical exploratory way, uh, how we deal with the this immediate issue that we're facing of maintaining proper distancing. Uh, in our in our public right of way, um, so that seemed like something. And, and as we've noted, we don't know how long these issues are going to be with us. Uh, we also may have, as I said, opportunities that we test during this period that we find um, actually may improve the the uh, the vitality and um, you know business climate within our commercial districts and the quality of life in our neighborhoods. So uh, one, one added bullet that I would suggest, would like to suggest would be explore opportunities for maintaining proper physical distancing in our public right of ways during the COVID-19 crisis. I guess I was waiting for somebody to chime in there, but um, are you suggesting that we have that language with COVID-19 in, in this strategic plan for now? Yeah, and that, you know, this is a, a two-year document. Um, and I think it, at least for the next year, we're, if not longer, going to be uh, trying to address ways in which we can maintain proper social distancing uh, in our right of ways, as well as accommodating, uh, you know, for example, uh, restaurants having outdoor access to some portion of that right of way to make up for their loss of um, occupancy uh, within their buildings. So it, it seems like this is gonna be with us within the time frame that the strategic plan is is addressing. Uh, so I thought, you know, we, we could articulate it um, in the strategic plan as something that we are pursuing. It seemed to me that if we were going to include something like that, it might actually um, work better in the section we haven't fleshed out yet that's coming next, which is to promote an inclusive and resilient economy throughout the city. Yeah, it, it, as is often the case, sometimes these bullets could be placed in various, under various headings, because um, it, is, it is more than mobility. As I said, it's, um, 
also trying to expand opportunities for the businesses uh, as well. So it, I think it has relevant relevance under either category. I think you bring up the, the reason I wanted to just make sure it, um, though you wanted that language is because I think it's important that we recognize that we're going to be here. This is a global pandemic and our two-year strategic plan, I think having it in here, that was something I hadn't thought about. So I think is very valid. And given the conversation that our city manager gave today and even last council meeting where we heard Dennis uh, talk about our future, I think it's very appropriate for us to fit it here. I would, I would agree with uh, Councilor Weiner that we can maybe have that in the next bullet. I would just if, add that, pardon me, Mayor. Right ahead. I would, thank you. I would just add that it seems to me that um, acknowledging the need for that physical distancing as well as, as prioritizing public health and safety in the context of the pandemic is something that should inform probably all of the goals and certainly in the way that we've been talking about the city's actions moving forward in the you know in, in sort of the near term and the longer term and as was mentioned with the presentation we received at our last work session so it, if there's some way of incorporating that kind of overarching um as a as as part of this plan as part of a goal like you said mayor i do think including it um, in some way, acknowledging it in a two-year plan for the years 2020 and 2021 makes a lot of sense. So it may be sort of over everything, if, if that makes sense to folks. I think it makes an enormous amount of sense to have it sort of as some kind of chapeau for, for the strategic plan that this is part of the this is part of the, the, the world and the community we're living in right now. And we're going to have to be dealing with it over the next two years. Yeah, I would agree. Maybe somehow adding some language at the very beginning um, to kind of inform the whole thing, I think makes sense. Ashley, do you think you have enough to go off of? I, yes, um, I was thinking along those lines where um, as we have our plan currently presented, the, f the formatting and that you have kind of this overarching vision of, you know, an equitable, sustainable community. And there's definitely room within that, the area that follows that before these specific objectives that we can certainly have an overarching statement that addresses the COVID-19 um, response and, and support and security for our community, that kind of thing. So yeah, we'll, we'll work on some language to include um, as part of the plan. All right. Okay. Um, and then the final section, I'm not sure if you feel comfortable jumping into this this evening, but um, I will just introduce the topic and, and then lead you to any discussion that follows. Um, this was just modified based on discussion at our first work session about the plan uh, to include inclusive and into resilient economy. So you are promoting an inclusive and resilient economy throughout the city. Uh, some of that discussion also 
um, encompass this desire to ensure that all areas of commercial activity and um, businesses felt supported throughout uh, throughout our community. And we just didn't get to to the content that follows that thought. So I'll leave you to discuss any further or, or put aside um, further discussion. What I might suggest is if counselors do have maybe something prepared to for this item that you can state it now. Um, we only have about 20 minutes before we normally break. I do want to spend some time on offering response to the info packets as well as any formal agenda clarification. So um, if you have something now, I might suggest you throw it out and then we'll have to put this back on our next future agenda if we can't within the next five minutes kind of um, figure out where we want to be with this one. I might just I jump have, in and, and just say that uh, of, of just what's in front of us here from the prior strategic plan definitely carrying forward. I think we addressed A elsewhere in, in the mobility section. But B and C, I think, are very important and should continue. And I think D takes on a whole different shape and isn't isn't quite uh, relevant in the way that it was before. But but maybe something relating to um, the future of that production. But certainly, carrying forward B and C would be my input for right now. I, I would agree with that. I, I did think that B could perhaps be uh, revised to say. Uh, effectively market and grow the local food economy and small locally owned businesses. Uh, Councillor uh, Pro Tem Salee. Yes. Your phone is on, uh, your mic is unmuted. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see sort of built into this, the uh, as we talk about different as what's currently in C, what's needed for people to be able to succeed and, and improve. I, I would really like to fold in there somewhere um, an acknowledgement of the need of, of um, expanded daycare opportunities being a part of that. That's up to others, but I think it would be helpful because it's really important piece of people be to go to work. I agree with um, Janice because it also incorporates BC and what she mentioned about childcare kind of incorporates a presentation by Jeff and those kinds of recovery efforts that, that he's talking about that the city's going to need to look at. So I think B and C really uh, reflect on that and then as well as adding the childcare in there too would be important. I agree as well because this has become very huge needs in the community right now and obstacle for a lot of people who cannot even go like making more money or be become economically stable because they don't have a childcare. To, to summarize, um, the, the general take on B would be potentially to include uh, small business support along with the local food economy as Councillor Thomas had suggested. And then for clarification, um, item C, we can move over um, and include childcare as a as a part of this. Um, do 
increasing access to affordable childcare um, takes on a different characteristic potentially for increasing this access for marginalized populations and low-income individuals, and then expanding that childcare access community-wide. Um, so I'm just clarifying and making sure that it's within this kind of thought and, and grouping of ideas and not a separate item. Yeah, maybe just give it some thought for next time. The, the other the other thing that um, I would I would mention is and it also like the childcare was a, an issue that came up during the uh, our council campaigns uh, last last fall and that is the um, concerns about our neighborhood commercial districts uh, you know the Sycamore marketplace got a lot of attention uh, during that period it's it's a it's the commercial district that's received uh, two tax increment financing packages. And so it seems to me uh, that uh, considering uh, how we might re-envision these commercial districts as centers uh, of a more mixed use nature uh, would be something to think about. And then I would, I would add to that um, the, the idea of uh, which with this was kind of spurred another another topic that has always been brought up is is the uh, value of small neighborhood commercial nodes. Um, one of the best examples I can think of would be say deluxe uh, and how everyone wishes they had a version of that. Um, that might be something too that we could we could um, consider and I, I think again the emphasis, uh, is especially of, of value when you tie it to locally owned uh, small businesses. Uh, those are those are really, I think, when, when people talk about these these little nodes in neighborhood commercial, they're not talking about a franchise; they're talking about a locally owned business. And, and I think the emphasis, if we can, in as many ways as possible, promote locally owned businesses, um, that's to our advantage. And and these, these small locally owned businesses and small um, neighborhood commercial nodes may find that their rents are, are less uh, in those locations. So it's, it may be, again, an opportunity where we can promote uh, entrepreneurship as well as um, mixed use in our neighborhoods. All right. With that being said, I think, Ashley, you may have something to go off of for now. And we'll have to put it on a future agenda for us to come back to uh, discuss it. But great job, counselors. I know it's very hard um, because these are things that we want to be very intentional about. And we want to have some goals that we really can work on um, and reach. So thanks to all of you for partaking. Now we're going to go to clarification of agenda items. So Mayor. is there anything on? Yes. This, this is Eleanor. Can I just make a quick comment about evictions before you move on? Yes, please. Okay. So the, the, I think when we talk about evictions, and I always have to pull out Iowa Legal Aid's website to remind myself of the, all the various deadlines. We're not just talking about the governor's deadline or the governor's moratorium until next week that Ryan uh, referred to. 
We're also talking about the Supreme Court's order that doesn't allow scheduling of them at, until after June 15th, or they have to be heard by phone. And we also have the Federal CARES Act, which um, prevents the filing of evictions for unpaid rent until July 25th of this year for what they call covered properties, which would be things like Section 8, um, federally backed mortgages, you know, those kind of things. So I, I just want people to, to not get um, inaccurate information. So go to, people should be going to the um, Idle Legal Aid website if, if they need better, more accurate information. Thank you for that clarification. All right, formal agenda items. Info packet, May 7th. Now I know that John did mention, um, please go right ahead. I was just gonna say, I want to thank staff for the IP2, the comparison of um, university and the South District program. And maybe this is what you were gonna say, Mayor, that John had mentioned earlier, our conversations, I think that everybody had individually or in small groups with um, the Affordable Housing Coalition and Habitat. And I certainly came away from that. And I think the other counselors on that Zoom meeting with me, I think had the same feeling of, this is a really exciting possibility. Um, I personally would really like to see the city staff um, having further discussions with the Affordable Housing Coalition and Habitat for Humanity to see how we can work together um, to really stretch the city dollars. I think Habitat's um, ability to tap into volunteers and to get donations um, and do some things that a governmental entity can't do could be very beneficial. And I certainly understand there's certain controls that the city needs, especially on federal dollars. Um, but I'd re really like to see us um, try to partner with them so that we can get kind of more bang for our buck and do more properties. I totally I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, this is exciting. I, I believe, yeah, we should look into that strongly, recommendations. Yeah, I would agree uh, that it, it, to really maximize our abilities uh, to help the most people uh, and to have that dollar stretch the furthest that it's worth looking at, it is appropriate definitely for staff and for the partnership, uh, uh, potential partnership uh, to have discussions and then come back to us. And so I think um, we're in a good position just for having the uh, conversation here today and I think that will be next steps for me is to just ask staff to meet with uh, to have furthering conversations this matter all right anything else on that agenda item moving on to May 14th um, I'm gonna get it out there right right away we have in this info packet, a proposal for our new schedule or um, this summer. And so the, the June schedule that's being proposed will be the second week 
instead of our typical first and third week. So it'll be the second week on June 9th, and then the fifth week, since it's a five-week month, uh, on June 30th. Then in July, we would have only one meeting on July 21st, which is the third week, kind of the middle of the month. And then we'll be back to our first and third Tuesdays going in August. So wanted to get council thoughts on any uh, conflicts or any... Um, I really think we should just go back to normal. And uh, especially now during this crisis, maybe we need more meetings. That's why if we can just go back to normal, you know, like on, on uh, June and on July and moving forward. Um, I'm supportive of that. I'm okay with it as well. I'm fine either way. So am I. Me too. So I got three, let's go back, and then kind of three, fine either way. So I, I'm assuming that we're going to go back to our twice, first and third Tuesdays. Um, Mayor, we'll have to connect with you between the, between the meetings because we are setting a public hearing for June 9th. Uh, so we might need to amend that on the floor. I'll, I'll, I'll talk with Eleanor and, and Kelly between meetings, but we might, we might need an amendment on the floor for that setting of a public hearing. We'll, we'll let you know. I, I wonder if um, we really do need to get through our uh, strategic plan and, and maybe have further in discussion on kind of some, some of the relief efforts. What if, would people be interested in maybe meeting three times in June and keeping the revised schedule? Or are people really set on um, going back to the first and the third? What do you mean, Mayor, by three times? Do you mean like uh, just a special meeting to do specific stuff, like for one hour, two hour, or you mean like the yeah. whole meeting? No, just specific stuff that we still have lingering. Oh, okay. I, I guess, like you mean like additional meeting to discuss some stuff? Yeah. Okay. I don't mind that. I don't know what other people's thoughts are. We could potentially have one, the first, because we know that there's gonna be some things that are pending. We can potentially have three meetings in June and then decide if we wanna do a, 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 another meeting in July. That would be my proposal. That way we can get some things off our agenda that, we're, that we really wanna talk about. I don't know what well, people's thoughts are. I guess my thought would be is if we're going to do a third meeting in June, it would just be a work session, just have the two formal meetings like on the first and third. And then I think we still have to have a meeting in July because there's always things that that come up that need our approval. So I don't think we can not meet in July at all. I think there's just things just come up that have to be approved or right. something coming through P and Z or contracts or something. So I guess the question is, you know, what, what else do we have 
uh, for our work session, say we go to the second, we've, we've necessarily spent quite a bit of time on the COVID updates um, each meeting. Do we potentially forego as much time on the COVID updates on the second and really try to focus on finishing up the strategic plan and then we could see if we needed a special form or special work session after that. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm comfortable with that as well. It's like a plan. It sounds reasonable. So but, uh, but we're going to have to also focus on the uh, on whatever we're choosing as relief plan. So I don't know how that the two of those will balance out. Right. I think uh, Mayor Pro Tem said that some of the decisions, the reasons why she wanted to meet more, is because there's things happening, and I think. Um, well, it sounds like there's, um, we can meet on June 2nd, which will be the first Tuesday. And then maybe, so the next meeting after that will be the 30th. Potentially, we can decide if there will be a work session, as uh, Councilman Mim suggested, in between. And we can probably have that discussion on the 2nd, and maybe some of the things that Jeff will bring to us can kind of uh, create that. We'll have time for public announcement if we um, decide not to do it and then de decide to do it. So um, if people are in agreement, we'll meet on Ju June 2nd. For a regular and meeting, correct. Mayor, I would suggest if we're gonna go back to the second that we go to the, go to the first and third, so we're on the regular schedule and then we can figure okay. out if we need a special an extra work session rather than going first and fourth. I think that's just gonna be more confusing for the public. All right, that's, that I, sounds I agree reasonable to me. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, yeah, the second and the 16th, yeah, yes. The second and right. the 16th, yes. All right, so we're gonna go second and the 16th of June. Um, any, any thoughts at keeping the July 21st or or do people want to put that a little bit in the middle of the month? Are we keeping July 7th or we're not doing July 7th then? We're not we're, doing July 7th. We're not? Well, we can. So if we want to do, so it sounds like people are more interested in just keeping the first and the third, and then we'll yes. go from there. Yes. All right, so. If we need additional, we can go for it. All right. And then, uh, oh, Mayor? Just a question for Elnor then, and Jeff had brought that up about the uh, public hearings that were already scheduled, or maybe it was just one for the ninth. Elnor, is that does that pose any legal issues if we no. repost? Does no, it, it's we'll, not on the ninth. No, we'll just amend it. We've okay. got. We've. I think Kelly's already given the the language to the mayor. Okay. Okay. All right. So then July will be the seventh and the twenty first. And then June would be, so we would just be back to our regular first and third in the month of July and June. All right. Anything else from IP um, from the, the May 14th? Hearing nothing else, then we're going to adjourn for now and we'll be back at 7 p.m. 
And at that time, when we give at the end of the formal meeting, we'll do any assignment boards and commission updates at that time. See you in about 15 minutes.